Hello again, good friends. This is Dan Jones with another quiet talk to share with you. There are voices in the Christian world today that are very critical of heaven talk. They say we focus too much on pie in the sky and not enough on the problems of this present world. They say our job is to build the kingdom of God in the here and now and just let the afterlife take care of itself. Now, let me say that it is true that many untaught people have the wrong idea about certain things relating to the next world. The fact is, God's eternal kingdom will indeed be located on this planet. We're not going to fly off into outer space somewhere and never come back. Revelation 21 pictures the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. There will be new heavens and a new earth. Jesus said that the meek will inherit the earth. So it's true that the earth is the scene not only of God's current activity, but his eternal plans as well. But is it wrong to focus on the next world? Let's take a look. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. If we gave a detailed account of the afflictions Paul endured, you'd Probably not call them light, but these are his own words. Paul's point is that we should not give undue weight to the here and now, because another world is coming, a world that, unlike this present arrangement, will be forever. This life has an end point. The next one will not. This life is temporary. The next life will be eternal. The life you and I share at this time is really a brief preparation for what is really important. Not that this current life is unimportant, but it is only important in the light of eternity. To emphasize this truth, Jesus told a story in Luke 12 about a rich man. He said, the land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. This man was a fool because he was not considering eternity. He was only thinking of this life and how he could make things better for himself in the now. I think there are as many ads on TV today for retirement plans as there used to be for toothpaste. 
These commercials show people skiing and boating and doing fun things that they are able to do because they saved a lot of money while they were working and now they have plenty of time for play. Of course, the implication is that life is about having as much fun as possible. And this in turn implies that there is nothing beyond this life. So you should have all the fun you can right now because there's nothing else to look forward to. Jesus obviously contradicted that idea. He told that rich young man to sell off all his property and give the proceeds to the poor. And then Jesus said, follow me and you will have treasure in heaven. In other words, your real benefit is not in this world, but in the world to come. Now, after what I've said so far, somebody might be thinking, you've talked about people being selfish. We should help others in the here and now. We won't be able to help them in heaven. That is very true. We should certainly do all the good we can right now in this life. John Wesley said, Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. Jesus certainly taught us to do good. But I'm afraid too many people miss the eternal significance of doing good. Some think we can fix the world by our good works. We can bring in lasting peace, eliminate poverty, etc., etc. The purpose of the good works that Jesus commanded us to do is not to fix the world, but to give witness to him and his love expressed on Calvary. Jesus made possible the ultimate fixing of the world when he died on the cross. But that fixing will not be apparent, at least in a permanent way, in the here and now. Jesus made it very clear that there will always be poverty in this life. He predicted that throughout the time between his first and second comings, that there would be war. War, famine, disease. The problem with this world is not at its root, sociological or economic. The problem is spiritual. The problems of this world are the result of following the wrong master. Jesus said to the people of his day, you are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Jesus referred to Satan as the ruler of this world. That explains a lot. The answer to this problem of poor leadership is rescue. Satan will not just give up his rule because he realizes he's done a poor job. Satan's power must be broken by another power. That power is the death of Christ. 1 Corinthians 15.3 tells us this most important truth. Christ died for our sins. Today, people work overtime to divide us into antagonistic groups, the good guys and the bad guys, the victims and the perpetrators. The fact is, there are no good guys and bad guys, only bad. 
Romans 3.23 tells us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I have sinned. You have sinned. Hitler sinned, and so did Mother Teresa. Nobody is left out of this group. If you are human, then you are a sinner. You have fallen short of receiving God's approval. He could justly have destroyed us all. But God is merciful. So he made a way through the sacrifice of his one and only son to rescue us from the consequences of our sin. And those consequences are eternal consequences. That's why eternity matters. Eternal life matters. Did you know that you can be considered a good person by the people of this world? You can do good things. You can give to the poor and yet be lost eternally. Jesus said this is true. In the Sermon on the Mount, he said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, and in your name have cast out devils, and in your name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Why should you trust Jesus Christ and give him your life now to live in service to Christ and to others? Because another world is coming in which we will give account for ourselves to him who died for our sins and rose again on the third day. Live your life right now in the light of eternity. Share the gospel with others. You can lift a man from poverty, give him a beautiful home and all the food he needs, and yet the fact remains that one day he will die and leave this world behind. Give the gift that keeps on giving forever. That gift is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Oh God, help us to be eternally minded, to focus on the eternal things, Lord, and to preach the eternal gospel of Jesus Christ, by which men can come to know that God loves them, their sins can be forgiven, and they can have hope of eternal life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My dear friend, please pray for us at the Bread of Life Anglican Church. We meet Sundays at 10 o'clock at the American Legion Hall, which is located 1809 Union Street in Schenectady, New York. If you're in that area, if you don't have a church home, we would love to meet you. Come worship with us. We'd love to meet you and bless you. As always, you can reach me by email at father.danjones at outlook.com.